My name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. I'm the owner and co-founder of School for the Dogs, a dog training center located in Manhattan's East Village. School, school for the dogs, for the dogs. On this podcast, I talk about dog training, interview industry experts, discuss pet trends, answer questions, and try to communicate my love for all things related to behavioral science. Thanks a lot for listening. I think this podcast will help make you the best possible human best friend any dog could ask for. Frequent listeners will know that we are in the middle of running our dog training in 21 days challenge on Instagram. It is based on our on-demand dog training in 21 days course, which you can get for free, uh, the whole thing, uh, either by following along on Instagram um, through April 21st or uh, you can just get the whole course at once at schoolforthedogs.com slash DT21days. Use code DT21days at checkout, and you can get it for free um, between now and the end of the month. And tomorrow's challenge is teaching a stand. And teaching stand is um, one of my favorite Uh, behaviors to teach for a few reasons. For one thing, uh, dogs stand all the time. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much as often as they're as they're sitting or lying down, those are usually the the three big stable non non movement based behaviors dogs engage in. And while it's very common to teach sit and down, stand often gets left out. But it's useful for so many reasons. Sometimes you need a dog to be standing for whatever reason, especially, you know, I've done a fair bit of commercial work, and that's certainly a time when you might want a dog who not only knows how to stand, but can stand on a mark, uh, can stand for um, uh, a, dur- a duration, uh, uh, whatever length of time you want the dog to stand for, like stand, stay. Uh, certainly in the world of show dogs, quite important to have a dog who knows to stand and stay, although in my experience this is not usually a behavior that's given any kind of um, specific verbal or visual cue by the human, but it certainly could be. Um, But you know, one reason why I really like to teach stand is because I think often dogs are guessing uh, that you either want them to sit or you want them to lie down when they catch on to the idea that it's training time. And that uh, that's not ideal. We don't want our dogs guessing. We want our dogs actually understanding what it is we want. So if you work in a stand and sort of rotate that in what you're asking for, they are going to be uh, more likely to pay attention because uh, there's there's always this other option. It's not just if I'm sitting, they probably want me to lie down, and if I'm lying down, maybe the next thing they want is for me to sit. There's always this other possibility. So what I'm going to describe is working a stand into a training session 
where you're also working on sit. Also a really nice sort of example of how to teach in pairs or even teach in trios here. Um, I'm gonna also talk about how to go from down to stand. And then from there, I, um, I'm just gonna sort of give a brief outline of how you can work all these three things at once. I think um, once I describe the first two things, you are gonna figure it out from there. So start off with some treats. If you're using a clicker, I always suggest putting the clicker and your treats in the same hand, your non-dominant hand. Have uh, some treats ready to go in a treat pouch. You definitely want to have one hand, at least one hand, completely empty and free um, as you start out. Uh, I am gonna suggest how you might sometimes use a little bit of a lure, but as you're starting this, I suggest having your treats in your pouch or in your non-dominant hand with the clicker. You can also use a word like yes instead of the clicker. To start off, you're just gonna cue your dog into a sit. You can use a verbal cue here. You can use a visual. I'm probably ultimately gonna suggest using a visual for practicing uh, all three of these behaviors, but start out using whatever you want. The moment your dog sits, you are going to click or say your word yes. Uh, and then what I want you to do is give the treat far enough out in front of your dog so that your dog is gonna have to stand up to get it. As soon as your dog finishes eating that treat, you are going to cue your dog to sit again. And then again, after you click or use your yes word, you are going to reward just far enough so your dog has to get up. What I am doing here is just building this uh, physical memory, this little, um, this little re repetition game of sitting, standing, sitting, standing. So the faster that you can do this, the better. It's, I want you to get like a nice little rhythm down. Make sure you're in a non-distracting environment. Make sure you're not presenting those treats. The treats should not be visible until after you use your clicker or marker word. Now there's no magic number of how many times you need to do this. You could try jumping to the next step, which I'm gonna describe right away. You could just do this session for now and then try the next step tomorrow, up to you. But if you feel like you have kind of a nice little rhythm going with this, the next thing I'm gonna want you to do is wait for your dog to sit. You are gonna click or say yes when your dog sits. Now you are actually going to give your dog a treat while your dog is in the sit. If you've been practicing them getting up, you wanna make sure to get in quick to them in that sit before they get up because they've, they've been conditioned to get up. Um, the next thing you're gonna do is ask for a stand. Now you can either just say stand and wait for them to do it. Like I said, if you build up a nice bit of repetition, they might do this. Um, you could say stand and then drop the treat on the ground. Make sure you're clicking after they stand, but before they get in the, the treat. So you're gonna wanna drop it again far enough so that they're getting, a, getting up to go get the treat, requiring them to stand. Or you can use like a hand touch. Uh, put your hand out in front of their nose far enough that the dog is gonna have to get up uh, off their haunches to touch your hand and then click and treat that. Sometimes I'll work in my ultimate visual cue as I'm doing this. I like to use for stand 
because you can kind of build it in this way, I like to use a stand of my hand uh, out to my side, kind of um, uh, I guess parallel to the ground, perpendicular to the rest of my body, um, kind of like you're making a, um, a left hand turn sign with your hand, although I usually use my right hand, but it's my right hand and arm, but it's basically that position. Um, and, uh, and by kind of having my hand out there in that position, in the touch position, this can become ultimately the cue for stand, this hand position. If you need to, you can stick a couple treats uh, in between your fingers very subtly. I suggest only doing this a few times because you don't want to get stuck having to have treats in front of your dog's nose in order to get this behavior, but that can be one way to kind of jump start your dog. So again, uh, you are waiting for your dog to sit. You're gonna go in there quickly now and reward your dog in the sit position. And then you're gonna give your stand cue, either verbal or the hand signal, wait for your dog to stand and then reward in the stand position. Does, does that make sense? Um, you can uh, then wait for your dog to sit or you can cue the sit and reward in the sit position. So you're starting out by rewarding like in the opposite position of what you're actually asking for and then you're gonna end up rewarding in the position that you're asking for. As long as you're using your clicker or your marker word to pinpoint the moment that the behavior is happening, it is okay to give the treat while your dog uh, is engaging in a new behavior, is in a different position. And sometimes it can actually be really useful when you're training to give the treat in such a way, in such a place that you are resetting the dog. Now, the way I'm describing this is teaching the dog uh, sit and stand in tandem. It's kind of, um, you know, teaching in pairs, which could be really fun. You could just work on the stand, and if you're going to do that, uh, I would start by cueing your dog in a sit, um, reward in the sit the first time. Now ask for a stand, however it is you're doing it, either with a word or with um, your hand signal, or like I said, you could start out in the beginning by dropping the treat so your dog just has to get up for it, um, although ultimately we're gonna wanna move away from that method. Wait for your dog to stand. When your dog stands, now you're gonna click for the stand. Um, and uh, you know you wanna be quick, you really wanna be watching those back legs so you get that moment that they're standing before they start walking away. Um, but you could just start working on the stand rather than the sit and the stand by now rewarding your dog in the sit position. So click for the stand and then give the dog a treat in such a way that their butt is gonna probably hit the ground in order to get it. This is probably means like you're gonna give it a little bit above the dog's head. Um, if you're working with a dog in a crate, you can certainly up the chances that you're gonna get a sit because they don't have a lot of other positions to go into. Um, but that's just another way to work this behavior. Now, of course, you can also do all the same things I just described, but uh, with a down. So you would start out cueing the down and then rewarding your dog uh, uh, in front of them a little bit so they have to get up from the down into a stand so that the dog can get the treat. Then cue the down again, 
click the down reward in such a way that the dog has to get up to get the treat. You could work in sits in this way as well, still practicing the stand for the dog to get up to get the treat. If you feel like you can start to get tricky in that way, then you will move towards the step of clicking for the down, rewarding in the down position. Again, you're gonna need to be quick here because you want to reward before your dog gets up and then you're gonna ask for a stand Either you can start adding in the word uh, and waiting for the stand if you think it's gonna happen or if you feel like you need to prompt it a little bit in the beginning, you can toss a treat on the ground or use that hand signal. Uh, if you need to put some treats in your fingers, you can. Uh, wait for the dog to stand, click that stand, and uh, then you can deliver the treat either in the stand or deliver um, in such a way that you're helping them get back into a down or helping them into a sit. Uh, and of course, you can then start ping-ponging between these, uh, these sit and stand behaviors and down and stand behaviors to the point where your dog is not gonna know, um, <laughs> not gonna know what's gonna come next unless you offer the cue. I like to stick to either using all verbal cues when I'm doing this or using all hand cues. If you hand, have a hand cue for sit and down, my hand cue for down, which we actually go over in this uh, dog training in 21 days, is often putting my hand up kind of in like swearing an oath position. You can use this to um, fade a lure if you're used to luring your dog down. I explain how to do that. Uh, in the dog training in 21 days course. Um, and for a sit, I usually like a snap, which is both a visual and an audio cue, um, which I also go over how to teach um, with a, sort of like a little bit of a faded lore in the course. And then, like I said, down, uh, hand out to the side. Uh, I think this is a good exercise um, to, to hone your training because it's going to involve some speed you want you want your dog going from one position here to the next position here quickly especially if you're working on sort of keeping them in one position uh, but also if you're working on resetting them into the next position with so many things like with so many things with training uh, reps reps mean a lot the more reps you can get in a given one, two, three minute training session, the, the, more, the more your dog is learning, the faster your dog is learning. Remember, dogs are learning all the time, so in the 60 seconds that you're, you might have set aside to practice one single behavior, and by the way, usually better to have shorter training sessions and longer ones, in that, in that little slice of, of time, your dog is not just learning during the moments that you've clicked for the sit or clicked for the stand. Your dog is learning in all those other moments too. And the richer you can make the experience, the more repetitions you can get in that minute, the more of those seconds um, your dog is spending learning the thing that you're wanting your dog to learn and the less time your dog is spending uh, learning or trying to learn about what's going on in the other room or what your socks smell like, etc., etc. When I did uh, chicken training 
a few years ago, uh, which I spoke about on a podcast recently. It was a really, really incredible experience. Five days of packed tra- training of chickens with um, Parveen Farhoudi, uh, who started her chicken training camp with um, Bob Bailey, who uh, I've been talking about a lot lately. Uh, she referred to this as mass, which I'd never heard before, and I really liked I liked that word, I liked the image that it gave me. It's like you want a behavior to build mass. The more repetitions you have of that behavior, the bigger the mass is, and uh, the stronger that behavior is going to get. You know, what's interesting is, I think this is something I've actually heard economists talk about too, how um, we humans, we're, we're better at doing things that we do a lot than we are at doing things that we don't do that many times. An example I, I've heard from an economist once, I can't remember where, but I think it was like, you know, people tend to make better decisions buying groceries than they do when buying houses because there's just a lot more mass, <laughs> um, as Parveen would say, in the be- you know, given to the behavior of buying groceries at something uh, most of us do many, 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 many times in a given year, whereas buying a house is something that you might only do uh, a few times uh, in your lifetime, if at all. And so while you would think people would be smarter about spending money in these big quantities on these big purchases because it's more money and it's more important, uh, in reality, we're actually smarter about spending smaller amounts of money because we have a lot more experience doing that. Anyway, um, I hope that you will join the challenge this weekend. If you do and you're on Instagram, make sure to tag us at School for the Dogs. Uh, I think you will have a lot of fun teaching this stand behavior and um, it'll make future uh, reps of teaching sit and down a lot more fun because you'll be working in this third behavior. You'll be build, building your ability to tra- train speedily. Um, and certainly, like I said, there are definitely applications for this in the real world when you really might want your dog to have a good stand. So once you teach them this behavior and have it on cue, you can start working on having them do a stand stay you can start working on having them um, stand uh, on a mark. You can start working on making your cue subtle or making uh, making it so that you can give the cue at a distance, et cetera, et cetera. But this is the very first step, and I wish you lots of luck. Thank you so much for listening. And special thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing theme song. You can find Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storeforthedogs.com. And you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app. Just visit schoolforthedogs.com slash community.